You're listening to iWolfs, Season 7, Episode 5, Finding a Dog to Fit Your Family. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Ian Dunbar, Kelly Dunbar, and Jamie Dunbar. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of iWolfs. I am Jamie Dunbar, and I'm joined, as usual, by my dad, Dr. Ian Dunbar, and Kelly Dunbar. You guys want to wave and say hello? Hi. Hello. <laughs> All right. In our last episode, we talked very generally about what you should think about when you are thinking about getting a dog. Today, I want to look at a more <clears throat> specific situation. My neighbors are thinking about getting a dog, and I'm curious what advice you would give them. Uh, let me give you a little background. Uh, I would tell them, train it to bark to annoy Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. you want me to be well-rested, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't see why you'd want me to be annoyed. Um, but so these are these are literally our next door neighbors. Um, we share our back fence with them, and they've got a pretty big house, you know, smallish yard. They've got twin six-year-old <coughs> boys. So as you can imagine, the house is at times loud and exciting. Um, they've been is looking for a twin six-year-old boys. Twin six-year-old boys. Six, six years old. Um, they've owned. I think you're giving too much information about this, these neighbors. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> the yeah. baby power is a routing number. And they have <laughs> two girls, you said, right? No, 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 boys, <laughs> dad, boys, boys. They're, they're my neighbors. They really, really are your neighbors. Oh, oh. oh I see yes, what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. It's not me. It's not me. It's really, there really is another family. Okay. Um, not. Not trying to uh, invent a hypothetical here. Um, but so yeah, they have twin six-year-old boys. They've had dogs before. Um, you know, their dog they had before the boys were born, passed away a little bit, I think before the pandemic. They, they've been trying to find a rescue dog. Um, they actually brought home a rescue dog early in the pandemic, but then it <clears throat> wasn't a great fit. You know, it wasn't going to be able to, wasn't kind of well socialized to the energy that their house is going to have. Um, and, you know, they were, they were asking me for advice. They were kind of showing me rescue dogs they'd been looking at. Um, they told me about one that, had, you know, they went to visit and it snapped at them. And I was like, well, it's not a great sign. Um, and kind of through the course of a conversation, we realized that, you know, it, it might be hard, especially at this point, several months into the pandemic, you know, a year into the pandemic, to find a rescue dog that is going to be well socialized to you know, small kids and families, and is going to be able to to kind of adapt to their house without a bunch of rehabilitation sort of training. And so they kind of are now thinking about whether maybe a puppy makes more sense. So you know maybe that helps explain where my head was at in our last episode, where I had a lot of questions about what people should be thinking about for getting a puppy. But um, yeah, so I'm curious what you think they should be thinking about if they're now thinking about getting a puppy or if you think they should, you know, keep looking, they shouldn't give up on a rescue dog yet um, or what? So uh, I don't know, Kelly, what, what do you think? Um, what do you think they should be thinking about? What do you think, what sort of questions should we, I be asking them or where should they be looking? Uh, well, I mean, they, they, why were they thinking of getting a rescue dog in particular? I think it's um, mostly just kind of the like philosophical, sociological aspect of the fact that, you know, they know that there are lots of dogs that need homes. And so, you know, they want to 
be able to to give a, a good home to a dog um you know i think yeah. it was it was kind of like right more of like a almost a political thing you know it's like oh like you know let's give a, a home to a dog that needs one mm-hmm. that that said i mean i think you know if they could find right a dog that was already older and was well socialized you know and would fit in well and you know was already trained and had good habits and stuff that obviously that would be convenient in a lot of ways but it's starting to yeah, see yeah. that might be a, a well i mean that, that can happen it's just that when you are looking at any dog um you know, if you're looking for um a, not a puppy you're you're going to be looking for an individual and it, I, I and i think i alluded to this in the last episode it's like dating you know and you you gotta or you know you gotta know what you're looking for you have to have your list of criteria and then you have to be ready to um to explore date you know and, and meet a lot of different dogs <clears throat> and you can't be out of you know a specific timeline in that sense either dog, the perfect dogs do come through everything you know they're, i'm amazed uh, you know in the rehoming process like you, you know how you can suddenly find the right match not suddenly how you can find the right match generally not suddenly um <clears throat> but I, I don't think they have to give up on that if they have a time frame and they're thinking summer would be the best time for them to do it, then maybe they should look at a puppy. But if they're willing to just wait until that right dog comes along and scroll Facebook posts and-, and Yeah, so I feel like the other uh, important point on that note, so they definitely had been looking for like the past few months, he'd been, the dad especially, you know, was on the websites, you know, looking for uh, dogs that needed a home and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had pursued a few leads. I think the really tricky thing is speaking to what, um, you know, Ian talked about in the last episode about the importance of test driving, like the kids really bonded as soon as they, you know, met this met other dog, dog and had the yeah. idea that this dog might be their pet. And so like the parents really don't want to, you know, like they actually asked, I think explicitly, they asked the kids like, oh, would you like to meet a dog that like might be able to live with us? And they were like, not unless it's going to live with, you know, like, like <laughs> they knew that it was going to be like emotionally devastating to like connect with this dog and then well, i'd say i'd say they should get a puppy not only because of you know the emotional aspects that they're that you're de- describing and the and the laborious work that they're doing i mean there will be a lot of dogs available soon i do believe in shelters you know but but they're they're going to be adolescent dogs which are going to be a lot of work off the bat and, and adolescent pandemic dogs so um, there, the, the, there's going to be a lot of gold in there, but you're going to have to also do a little more work. Um, more importantly, I think they should get a puppy because unless they find that perfect adult dog that you know, happens into their life because they have two little kids and it's going to be easier to shape the puppy to dealing with life with two little kids. Um, if they're committed to the training and the management that it will take is will take a lot with, with six year olds and puppies. It will not always be easy or pleasant. But um, you get the right breed type and you spend the right amount of time. You can, you know, these, they, these kids and this puppy can be raised together and you're, you know, you're going to not have all these, you know, have less likelihood of having the problems that you might have with, a, you know, a dog that maybe wasn't raised with kids and grew up in the pandemic. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking as well in terms of, right, it'd be hard to find a dog who can then just, you know, come to this household with these <laughs> you know, very excitable six-year-olds and be like, ah, oh, this is cool. Like, oh yeah, this is normal. I'm comfortable around this. But um, dad, do you have any uh, I mean, thoughts? They, they do, they do work out. If they want to look at older, older dogs, that would be another better option. You know, like, you know, there are dogs that are rehomed four or five, six, seven, 
And, you know, and if they're already accustomed to being with kids or they already have a mellow personality, that could be a really good fit too. So maybe not looking, either looking for puppies or, or your true adult dogs. Sorry, Ian, it's your turn. All right. Um, well, to continue with your analogy of it's like when you're dating, I would say uh, it's a little more complicated than that. It's kind of like you are a single parent with twin six-year-olds and you're trying to find someone to dating. Pay. Yeah. And so the whole thing, I wouldn't give up on looking for an adult dog um, for a whole number of reasons. Um, one, it's an adult dog that needs a home, and two, the perfect dog is out there for you somewhere. But before bringing this dog home, you have to make absolutely certain it's cool with six-year-old boys. And I wouldn't be so inclined to test my own six-year-old boys out with an unknown dog. And so when someone says, you know, a shelter says, or maybe an individual who wants to rehome the dog, he just loves children, but he's too much for me. I say, okay, show, show me the dog with the children. Once I've seen the dog interact with some children, I would say, cool, and then bring him home. Kids will fall in love with it. The other option is go for a puppy. The biggest pro that I can see there is, well, they've got neighbors next door with two girls and a daddy who knows a lot about dogs. And so you just got to go through the garden fence. And so there could be some sharing in some of the, you know, puppy sitting and, and, and that sort of stuff. And we know that any puppy that comes into the house, you know, everyone's going to fall in love with it. Um, but now, because it is, I'm a great believer in like two family dogs. I remember friends of mine years ago, they wanted to get a dog, but they worked nine to five. They were both uh, lawyers. I said, well, why don't you talk to some neighbors, see if they'd like to share a dog? And they worked it out with their next door neighbors. They had the dog five days of the week, kids are at school. Sorry, sorry, the neighbors had the dog, you know, and enjoyed all this stuff, weekdays and playing with the kids. Then they would take the dog to their ranch at the weekends. I mean, this dog led the life of life of O'Reilly, you know? And so um, if we go the puppy route, but I, I don't usually, you know, I like to engage people and what they want to do, what their questions are, what their preferences are, like Kelly was saying and our, our previous iWoofs. I leave the decision-making process up to people because I've been stung by this so many times. As you know, you know the time I spent with Isaac, and Becca, you oh, know. Name and shame on the podcast. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, but no, it was the dad who should be named and shame. But I'll, I'll, I'll forever won't mention his name. Anyway, they, you know, you want to get a dog for the kids, and I spent a whole day with the two of them and Jamie going through different breeds and all this, and uh, eventually decided for a number of reasons on uh, Portuguese water dogs, and then uh, Dad got a shepherd you know, the, the inimitable Toby. Um, wonderful dog, incredible beast of a dog, you know. But so I always think, what's the point? People are gonna make decisions and um, there's no reckoning to the sort of decision that some people make about a dog for life or a person for life. And I just look at the decisions, and go, I would have done it differently. So I, I consider my job is that if these neighbors, 
who live next door ever have any difficulties, want advice, hey, I'm there for them as I know Jamie will be too. So I would, I, I would probably ox, you know, for a, a puppy, but I wouldn't give up on looking for, because when you find a perfect adult dog, it is truly perfect. Like I'm thinking now of Claude and then Zuzu. I mean, what finds both of them for very different reasons. Right, um, would either of them be perfect dogs for a family with twins? Well, they wouldn't even, they're no. not even perfect no. dogs for us. I mean, no. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's uh, it's a perfect dog for you. Right. And so, and so look for it, search, 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 search. But for the puppy, you've got to know what you're going to be doing before you get it. You've got to be planning out your next six weeks that will make or break that dog. And once well, you've got six weeks under your belt, now you're kind of plain sailing a lot of the way. You'll be happy to hear they already have paperback copies of before and after you get your puppy. Well, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be quizzing them before we let them get a puppy. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's assume for a second that they, they are, they're going down the puppy path. What do you think now are the first questions you want them to consider about, um, about where to find that puppy, you know? depends what sort of puppy they want. They got to decide that first. And usually that's either a local person who has a litter of mixed breed dogs or it's a breeder. We start the search. What we want to make sure is that they, just as when buying a car, insist on certain things about this puppy. We want to know it's been handled as a neonate. It's been extensively socialized with loads of people. It's been house trained, tutor, and so on. We want to make sure the breeder has also read before you get a puppy so that they don't have to play catch up at eight weeks. If they do have to play catch up at eight weeks, it's still very doable. And you can probably catch up, you know, if it's sticking to the schedule within half a week or a full week. But it's the socialization is, is the biggie, I would say. You, you really, when you have a dog, the, the, how should I put it, the relief you feel when you know that your dog is rock solid with people, especially children. You know, because it's not the two uh, twin boys, it's when their friends come over. Yeah, yeah. And so making sure this puppy is rock solid, it's really good if it starts when the little neonate is blind and deaf, but he can feel being handled and he can smell the person handling him as a stranger. It's not, not the breeder. And that sort of preparation, it's worth its weight in gold. So much else can be taught fairly rapidly. Okay, but so if they're thinking about going from a breeder, how do you pick a good breeder? By asking those questions. What's your puppy raising program in the kennel? How do you find that list of breeders to even contact? Oh, go to the kennel club, go to breed clubs, all of the, you know, then- it, I mean, everyone's gonna search online. People are gonna search yeah. online on puppies. Look yeah. up the breed you like, look up what's local, look up, um, I you know I like to, I like, Personally, I, I usually, you know, when I'm picking a puppy, I might look at what, um, 
well, I mean, I have maybe a different goal in mind, but like sports, I go to sports pages of different um, different dog sports and say, well, which dogs are doing well in what sports or what dogs have, have these CGC titles or, you know, who, who's done their, you know, their canine good citizenship and you can look things up like that. But people are going to search online. They're going to find a breeder online that has a slick website and some of those are going to be puppy mills and some of them are not. Um, what you want to try to do is get referrals from puppies, from puppies, from people who have puppies. If you, you know, ask people in your neighborhood, ask people at your park, if you do go to a website, then, you know, do ask for referrals, have phone conversations or, or I wouldn't even do text or email really. I try to talk to breeders. A good breeder is going to ask you a lot of questions and you should not be insulted by that. You should be impressed by that. Um, if they're not asking questions or they're treating the puppy like a commodity, it probably is a commodity to them. That doesn't mean they're not doing a good job. In some cases, there are some breeders now that are definitely breeding pet dogs for profit that I wouldn't call puppy mills as well. That are, you know, there's, a, there's a niche out there for well-behaved, easygoing, smallish, doodly type dogs, especially. Um, and, you know, people are producing pet dogs and you know that you're probably more suited to look for somebody who is producing a pet dog than you are someone who's breeding show Akitas or working you know working line German shepherds you know so um it's I you know ask questions find a breeder that will engage with you that will entertain your questions and understand that you're concerned about your puppy and that you, you know, and, 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 and hopefully some of that will ask you questions back and have some of their own criteria that they want you to meet as well. That's what I would say. Exactly. Uh, you know, go ahead, sorry. So it sounds like if, if you have a breed in mind, you can start, you know, searching online, possibly looking local, possibly not, you'll find some options, but then the really important part is, is vetting them by having conversations with them or possibly, you know, owners who adopted dogs from them to, to ensure that they are doing the important, you know, due diligence of, of raising puppies the right way. Yeah, and that they have the, you know, the breed, the breed and the individual dogs that they're raising are bringing into the world that they have their best interest at heart, that they'll take a puppy back if there's a problem. And I don't mean like a car with a, you know, a lemon, that's a lemon. I mean, you know, you just want to know that there's, there's a breeder commitment to these, these animals in the sense that they care about them, but also that they're pretty confident that they're going to produce something that won't be returned because you know they, they feel like they've done a good job with their raising and um, and, and, and creating a breed program. So you know uh, if you could just buy it online and have it shipped to you the next day, um, probably not. You know someone who's got the best interest of the puppies at heart. That sounds super. And you can strict. do that. <laughs> and, the, and the websites look nice. But so. Know? What if you don't have a, what if they don't have a specific breed in mind? They're just looking for a dog that's, you know, going to be, hopefully live a long time and, you know, be easy to train and easy to socialize. Um, Go to the dog park, you know, great, great place to train your children, number one, to sit down quietly and watch and just spend some time looking at the people with their dogs. Um, and... And I'm a, I know we have, yeah, like I, I was talking about, well, thinking of finding a breeder and then, oh, Google it. It would never occur to me to Google it. Um, some people are gonna do. Two reasons, <laughs> yeah. 
But rather than, I much prefer like a, a personal suggestion. You see someone who's got a dog, you like it, you like the family, the way they're working with it. You talk to them, where did they get it from? Oh, this breeder, she was great. She let us come to her kennel, yeah. you know, yeah. six times before we got the dog and she has a utility gym at the kennel. The floor's covered with crinkly paper and different substrates and she's training the puppies up, you know, and all this stuff. I love that kind of referral. Because, you know, swiping right or left, whatever you do, I have no idea, or Googling is a picture won't tell you the story. And it's nice to know this puppy did have a somewhat enriched environment and was taught stuff, you know, and, and that I think comes best from personal referrals. So yeah, no, ask them, you know. Vets. You know ask your local vets, right? What your yeah. vets know? Was a good breeder in the area. You could go in and ask. I love the idea of the dog park and um, and or just again pet stores. People bring their puppies in, their dogs in. You're going to see in your community the types of dogs that you know that the ones that come out and, and go to parks and are well behaved and friendly enough to meet people are the ones that you know aren't that or you want to you want to seek out more um, more of that kind. So I love and, that and idea. as long as the twins know up front. We are not going to get a puppy today, but we're starting our search for a puppy or an adult dog. We don't know yet. So we're going to places where there's puppies and adult dogs, but we're not going to get one today. Just like, as you know, the uh, Toys R Us story that I had to make sure you really knew we're not going to buy anything today. We're just Why going- Why would you take a kid to the toy store and not buy a toy? Well, it was expeditionary to find out what he wanted for Christmas. I wanted him to rank order all the toys oh. so he'd give out the list yeah. to his uncle oh. and aunties, you know. It was a very successful trip, wasn't it, Jamie? It was, but then you did get me a toy in the end. And for the rest of my life, I thought every time we went into a toy store, I was getting a toy at the end. But that was mm -hmm. a reward. Well, I mean, because as it should were, be. You were um, so good. You were so well behaved. But you're right. I was always very well behaved in the toy store. And I never whined. I never said, please, please, please get me this. I want it now. So it was a success. It was a great success. But yeah, I really like the idea of, right, you go to the dog park, you see a dog that looks cool, talk to the owner. Go to the pet store, go to local veterinarians and just ask around. Or of course, you know, another wonderful idea, which will happen in the next few weeks or a couple of months at least you go to a puppy class and just ask can you observe yeah. and now you're going yeah. to see puppies playing that the trainer will probably say do your kids want to have a try you know a little test drive with the puppies and you know they'll develop their favorites but they know these puppies already have homes you see so it avoids that emotional pressure yeah. it, a puppy. you can't have a puppy that belongs to home yeah. <laughs> But that that is, is but, uh, I think. I think these this family is lucky because they, they live in the the Bay Area where there will be serious classes, and Sirius has always been open to visitors. If you contact the office, obviously things will be a little different as we return from the pandemic. But um, you know, I don't think that's true of puppy classes all around. But uh, has but been at least serious. then, you know, when when the uh, the parents and then the children participate as trained strangers in the puppy class. It, this is wonderful preparation for whatever puppy or adult dog they eventually get. 
they're getting free hands-on practice. It's kind of like a flight simulator for pilots, you know? And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's not, not only will they get useful information, but they'll get a lot of hands-on practice. Oh, no. Oh. Lost Kelly. Uh-oh. She, she turned into a... I, I was wondering, I was wondering if, she'd fro if she'd frozen uh, because she hadn't moved in a while. Well, fortunately, I think we were nearing the end of this episode. Um, the one thing I was going to say is if they were to go and visit a puppy class, I feel like they'd actually be performing a service for the puppy class, um, especially if it happens to be a class that doesn't have any children in it, because, you know, if it's a if you have a family has a puppy, they don't know any kids, then getting the chance to meet a couple of boys in puppy class and see some of that energy would be really valuable for them. Yeah, for no, puppies. it's a... Back in the day when I used to teach puppy classes, I, I would never teach a class without children. If there were no children, I'd ring up a student in puppy two and ask them if they could come early and even have their dog sit through it as well, which was good for younger puppies to keep them in order. But I, we've always had an absolute open, you know, uh, class situation. Anyone can come and watch. And that's how a lot of puppy trainers in the world got trained up. We had people member come to visit from Germany and Australia and France. And they learned from watching, you know, listening to the horse's mouth, so to speak, you know, watching serious puppy training. All right. Do you have any parting words, Dad, before we wrap this one up? No, I hope Kelly didn't fall off a stool or something. Uh, she but, just sent me a text saying the link won't work anymore. Um, but I think rather than try and uh, yeah. stall while we get her back in here, we'll, we'll wrap this one up and hopefully we'll, we'll resolve this before the next one. And, you know, for the fact your neighbors uh, through the back fence, um, yeah, on the one hand, I love the research and the prior proper preparation, but don't overthink it. Whatever they decide, it is going to work out fine. How do I know that? because they're the sort of people that are putting in a lot of legwork beforehand. It's mm -hmm. gonna work out. And all they have to do is come through the garden gate um, if they want uh, further advice or help. Yep, indeed. And I do like this idea of a multi-family uh, puppy. Yeah. Oh, oh Kelly back. wow. Just in time to say goodbye. But, uh, but yes, I do, I do really like this idea. And I feel like it calls to mind our last episode Kelly saying how it really takes a village to raise a puppy and you talking about how, um, you know, it really helps to have more than one person. But so two families together working to re raise this puppy uh, should lighten the load. And, and I think it would be fun to be yeah. able to have them be the official family owners of the puppy, but that I would be able to, you know, offer a lot of support. And, uh, you know, I think our, our my daughters would, would love to spend some time with the puppy, but ultimately, it does go back there. <laughs> yeah, sharing yeah. pup sharing is a great idea. So enjoy that. Enjoy your new puppy, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there then. So, do uh, you guys want to say goodbye? Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. It was fun. Till the next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to season seven, episode five of iWoofs. If you'd like to learn more about dog behavior and training, make sure to check out DunbarAcademy.com. And as always, thank you for listening.